A real bodice ripper contains explicit, salacious, delicious, not safe for work content. Isn't that great? But no, seriously, listener discretion is advised. A real bodice ripper. 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 Okay, we are recording this time. You you chug that wine. You get um, ready because, oh my goodness, are you going to need it. Do you have a cup of wine, dear listener? Because you are going to need it. Yes, because we have a fun, a fun little bit of ripping to do today. <laughs> Rip it. Yes, that's a one way to put it. This book we are covering today is, well, actually, we have to start the way we always. Yeah, maybe. Damn it. Who, who are you? I don't know anymore. I'm just kidding. I'm Jesse, <laughs> And I'm Rachel. And welcome to A, a Real Bodice Ripper. Ripper. A podcast that explores the delicious, guilty, and sometimes problematic, yes, pleasure that is found in romance novels. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) We got some of that today. I sound like the, what was her name, Winifred? No. Oh, no. Mary. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I felt when I was reading this book. I mean, sometimes, but obviously some parts were juicy yeah but um i mean it is very different from other books we've read it's which is first, always fun it's our first erotica everybody it is welcome you to made our it. first erotica yeah not my first erotica but my first well, one talking to you about yes and i mean after reading this as like my first official erotica i'm like well some of those other kind of urban fantasy things that I read got pretty up there. Right, exactly. (laughs) As well. (laughs) So today we are talking about the famous, infamous erotica. It's, it's, it's got quite the cult following. Yeah. Bared to You. Yes, it's Um, part of the Crossfire series. Right, by Sylvia Day. Yes, it is the first in the series. Of five. There's five of these. Five. Um... I, I don't, I, I don't know. Let's start with the description. Okay, yeah, Mm. yeah, yes. Tell us, tell us about this fine book. I will. All right, Bared to You, which was written in 2012, okay? So this is, this is after Fifty Shades. I want to say that, you know, that's, it's, it's touted as like the more well-written Fifty Shades. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And it is, but, um, okay. Bared to You by Sylvia Day. Gideon Cross came into my life like lightning in the darkness. He was beautiful and brilliant, jagged and white hot. I was drawn to him as I'd never been to anything or anyone in my life. I craved his touch like a drug, even knowing it would weaken me. I was flawed and damaged, and he opened those cracks in me so easily. Gideon knew he had demons of his own. And we would become the mirrors that reflected each other's most private worlds and desires. The bonds of his love transformed me, even as I prayed that the torment of our past didn't tear us apart. 
bum, bum, bum. Sylvia Day doesn't, she, her, her like previews aren't all that long. Oh yeah, they're, they're very concise and it's also interesting. It's very different from a normal preview for a romance novel. Usually we get like, here's the description of the heroine. Mm-hmm. Here's the description of the man that she falls in love with. And then here's the thing. And this is more just from our heroine's perspective mm-hmm. um, of the craziness that's about to ensue. It's like a kind of abstract swatch of what's about to go on. And I looked at all the other ones for all of the other five books and it's, it's very opaque. You, I mean, I looked at all of them. I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen in this book. So, or afterwards, or pretty much like, no, no, no. Like, oh, I went like and even going the other, into this one. Yeah. I, well, going into this one and then going and checking out the other ones. I'm like, well, what happens in the next book? Oh, but it's similar yeah. to this. It's just kind of like damaged, lust. This is happening, but we will, are troubled people. Will it last? Kind of things like that. And Hotness. I'm just like, okay, I get it. So this continues. Darkness. This continues. All right. Well, let's tell you a little bit about the author. Sylvia is the number one, or or is a number one New York Times bestseller, number one USA Time Today seller, and a number one international bestselling author of over 20 award-winning novels translated into 41 languages. With tens of millions of copies of her books in print, she's a number one bestseller in 28 countries. So her books are getting out there to They're lots of people. selling like hotcakes. Yep. For the past several years, Sylvia's novels took spots among the top best-selling books on global year-end sales roundups, making her one of the most widely read authors in the world today. She's huge. Yeah. She served as the 22nd president of Romance Writers of America, and she presently serves on the board of directors for both the Authors Guild and the Authors Guild Foundation. So she has a her a lot of involvement within the literary community, which is great. Yeah, she's established. She's definitely made a, a very big name for herself with a huge yeah. rapport of books. And I almost wish I had realized this a little bit earlier, but there's a documentary following her 2016 world tour called Beyond Words, what? Sylvia Day, which was released in October 2018. And I didn't realize that until like right before... We were doing this oh. and I was writing up information about her and I was like, oh, I totally would have watched that had I realized. I will probably still watch that. Well, yes. Yes, <laughs> I probably will. But I wish I had watched it before so I could tell you guys a little bit more about it. Anyone who can put out like a number one New York Times selling book, I, I'm i interested. And I'm like, yeah, what's going on in that head? Yeah. So. Especially this book. I really want to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, she is a Japanese-American writer. Um and she was born in Los Angeles, grew up in Orange County. Represent. Represent. Not for me, though. I That's you. That, that's me. I, I wasn't born there, but I also grew NorCal. up there. I NorCal was, for life. NorCal. No. Hella. <laughs> that's what off. I think of <laughs> when I think of NorCal. And that was like from high school, that association. But it's still here in my Hella. brain. Yeah. Okay. We, we own it. Yep. Uh, later, she lived in Monterey and Oceanside. See? Yeah. Well, now she resides in Las Vegas, Nevada, but occasionally works from her pied-à-terre on the Upper West Side of Manhattan in New York. So basically she has like a little writer's loft. She's a bi-coastal babe. Yes. And she considers the two vibrant, energetic, and never dark cities perfect for a writer whose working hours are as unpredictable as her characters. Sylvia's work and life are the inspirations for Beyond Words, the digital lifestyle magazine and store. You can find her online at www.sylviaday.com and you can follow her on Facebook at author Sylvia Day, 
on Twitter at Silday and Instagram at Sylvia underscore Day. Yeah. Yes. She has created quite a name for herself. I mean, she's done so much. Uh, the Crosswire series itself, like, it's been optioned by Lionsgate. Which? So it's that's a big deal. So I mean, it's this obviously, uh, it's it's a it's a couple people's bags out there. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And I guess what was really interesting to me is I went into this expecting it to be a little bit heavier in some sort of kink scene. Mm-hmm. I guess similar to the way, even though I never read the books, I saw the movie of. Uh, Fifty Shades. Fifty Shades. Yeah. So that one obviously goes very much into BDSM. I think it it doesn't. It doesn't. Does doesn't. Right. But I guess I was imagining something similar with this because when I'm thinking erotica, I'm thinking like extra sexualized. But this was just like people with traumatic problems not getting help and throwing them at each other and then having really hot sex around it. <sighs> Have you heard the song by Peaches called Fuck the Pain Away? Yes! <laughs> that, that's this book. That's what they do in this book. They fuck the pain away. And look, I give it, we'll, we'll get into this, but I give it props for having a therapist involved. Um, but yeah, definitely. I, and again, I haven't read the entire series, so I don't really know the evolution of these characters. But it's clear that at least for now in this book, these two characters are heavily trauma bonding. Yes. And you guys... Trauma bonding so, is not the best recommended basis of a relationship I will put out there. I'm just going to slide that in there. Yeah, I mean, trigger warning, there's going to be a lot of mentions of traumatic stuff in this episode, like mm-hmm. childhood sexual assault and, uh, I don't know, like just general things that like I think happen in romance books, but we're pretty five alarm in this book. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, so listen with caution. One thing that we like to do as we look at these books is we have a couple of our ratings of the different elements, starting with our spice rating. Mm. Is it sexy? Is it deliciously Mm. fun, sexual, hotness, chemistry, build up? Yeah. So what, what did we rank this in our spice rating? This, our first erotica. Honestly... Out of five, right? Everything's out of five. I gave it a four. And um, I have a lot of feelings about it because there was a lot of sex. So much. A lot of sex in this book. So Um, much. Very detailed. Very detailed. And I had a lot of feelings about it. And like, I like reading about sex. I don't know if anyone, um, I don't know if you've. Is that why you're here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I like reading about sex. So this was a lot of sex. So I'm putting it pretty high up there on the like spicy, my lips burn type yes. shit. Yes. I I also have similar feels about it. I did put it at a four. The reason I didn't put it at a five is because what it was lacking for me was like the sexual tension buildup mm. that can really make things satisfying. Yeah. So... Um, I think a note that you made here was that the sex scenes out of context were kind of hot. Oh, I totally get yes. that. I'm, I am on track with that. But when I put them in the context of how upset I was with these characters for the way that they were like reacting with each other. And I, it was just like, it, it was like watching a train wreck instead of 
watching a very satisfying sex scene. Mm-hmm. Right, because yeah. train wrecks are never sexy. No, no, the people get hurt. Yeah. So <laughs> that just I don't know where I went. With okay. <laughs> just so, want you to know. Um, I have this weird memory when I was young. Going to like this little local video store with my cousin Jesse. Uh, I'd go up to her. That's not place. Me. No, no, other Jesse <laughs> <laughs> in Ohio. And like over the summer, we would like do stuff, and like we would usually ride our bikes to the video store and get some sort of videos. And I have this weird memory of a video that I think the parents ended up getting and renting, and it was called Crash, and it was like people that watched like car crashes and got off on it so that's why you said oh yeah <laughs> you said a train crash is never sexy and i'm like well i'm not gonna yuck anyone's yeah <laughs> i mean maybe yeah that's up there but yeah, yeah yes okay times. yeah you remind me of that movie thank you um yeah so we both gave this a four out of five yes. um the next rating we do is a trope rating a trope is a literary device that kind of pushes the plot forward they are they are the readers of romance usually love tropes. Oh, it's, yeah. They recognize them. We recognize them. Yeah. They make us feel cozy. They make us feel cozy, and they, they're tried and trusted. We'll put it that way. So, yes. like, forced proximity, enemies to lovers, all of that, those are tropes that push a literary piece forward. Yeah. Um, I, out of five... <laughs> <laughs> What did I write here? 200? 200, yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, as I noted, um, Oz goes to 11. <laughs> and like, I I actually, I put it out there. Like, I know that we're going to have some bones to pick with this book. But I do from, I don't know why, but I, I, I was fascinated by watching two people who are both so obviously traumatized kind of try to navigate. I was fascinated by that. And I was... Mm-hmm rooting for these characters and that that would be what pushes me to reading the next book is that I would be like I'm rooting for their evolution away from some of these behaviors um because I do think like at the core there's like good elements there yeah um but yeah it was like trope wise (laughs) this book has it all it has it it has that lust at first sight yeah it has forbidden like yes kind of he wasn't like really her exact boss but he it was basically a workplace romance um there was like he was the rich guy that owns apparently new york as a whole yeah he every building i felt like he was like i own this yep um he his there's some stalker stuff going on um which usually there would be like a different character that's part of like a triangle that's the stalker but no this is the, the love interest is a stalker um <laughs> yeah we have quite a few tropes going on we got the gay best friend well i guess he's bi he is definitely bi he's definitely not gay um, but, but but he has that behavior like in their relationship where it's very much oh girl i'm gonna take you out and we're gonna go party he is very stereotypical <laughs> like well i mean yeah but what is stereotypical he like yeah no i mean he's i want to see where he goes to um but yeah anyway talk about damaged people <laughs> they're all damaged and you know what who isn't but at the same time what a wild ride to read it in this book because i was like mm-hmm. expecting some sex and then i was like 
oh, honey. Mm-hmm. I was like, you have things to talk about. Like, sweetie, sweetie, don't. No, 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 no. Put, put oh, it away. You're going to fuck oh. now. Oh, no, no, no. You shouldn't fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> That's what you need right now. You need a fuck. Perhaps you just need to get fucked. Yeah. Anyway, if you read the book, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and then we have our <laughs> overall rating. What did we think of the book overall? Um, this did pretty decent on Goodreads, a 3.91. So yeah, it's a respectable rating. It's respectable. I gave it a three out of five. I also gave it a three out of five. Like it, it was definitely something where, I mean, I wasn't reading it. I was listening on an audiobook, but That's I did find it compelling. Though. Like I got through it pretty quickly. Oh, I devoured it. I was I just mean, like more, more, more. Yeah. I feel like you got through it in like two days or something. You're like, I'm starting it now. And then you're like, I'm done. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I started it days ago. Maybe <laughs> but it I'm has to do now. with my kind of background with trauma work, but I was kind of like, oh, shit, this is fascinating. Like, they are so, like, they are in the throes of something. Like, what's going to happen? I couldn't put it down. So that, kudos to Sylvia Day. I couldn't put it down. I will say that. I was like, what? I have to see this through. Um, And then it was kind of, it was an HFN, HFN, happy for now, but with, like, more to come for sure at the end. Like, Oh, yeah. There wasn't any full healing arc, which I get. Like, when you've experienced the amount of trauma that these two people have experienced. We're not going to get through that in one book. You're not getting through that in book one. But that's why we have series. Yes. The people want. They want it. Anyway. Yes. Let's get to the main characters because I feel like we obviously are bursting at the seams to, like, rip this apart. Get into it. Yes. So we have our... Our main gal, uh, Ava. Oh, it's Ava. It's Eva. I thought Ava is A V A. No, Eva is E V A. No. What are you? Is this happening right now? Ava is spelled E V A. If you are listening right now, we need to. Know. Here, should I go never... to my audiobook? <laughs> okay. Well, I guess it was approved by the author, so maybe you're right. But like, I, I never. Know. Heard of someone I've spelling their name Eva that. being called Ava, like with an A, like Avita, e, Eva, Ava Perone, Eva Perone, like Avita. I, mean, I know who you're talking Avita. about. Avita. I know who you're talking about. But it's like, Ava, <laughs> Eva. <laughs> I've been pronouncing it this whole time. I've been like Eva, 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 Eva. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do like even that, but I felt like the reason he said it that way is because he was a robot. (laughs) I have to find, though, where he, like, says her name or something. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I mean, I believe you. I need control as much as you do. Sit down, Ava. Damn it! Oh! (laughs) I mean, okay. Sit down, Ava. Oh, my God. Wow, my world is different. Okay, Ava, um... I stand corrected, I guess. I don't know. I just never have known someone to be called like Eve, Eva, but whatever, fine. I'm so, sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm over it. <laughs> so, our main character is Ava Tramel. She is 24 years old. She is fresh to the city. From <laughs> you were just going to say she's fresh. <laughs> well, Whoa. she is that too. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> she is poised as kind of like virginal, but not. Which, but like, weirdly not. Yeah, but that's that's a th- that's another trope. She's angelic. Angelic. Um, so she 
is fresh to the city, New York City. She has just been in SoCal for many years, going to college out there, and she's gonna make that go quiet. And she is figuring out her route to work. She's like, right? She's got this new job, like she's a basically an assistant to a big ad. Agency, agency person. person and she's gonna try to go to work and see like you know how you do when you live in new york and you live within walking distance of your job <laughs> that Which, never happens i mean but she can make this happen because she's incredibly privileged oh, right we should add that she is she kind of she's rich rich her she's, mama is she marries for money. This is what she, she marries does. for money, and so she is well taken care of. I knew that Ava was definitely in a different tax bracket than me when it mentioned that she opened her wine fridge. I was like, <laughs> "Okay, you live in New York, you can walk to work at an ad agency, and you have a wine fridge." We aren't in the same tax yeah. bracket. I mean, and she has a. It sounds like a pretty nice apartment, and a even trust though fund. she has a trust fund. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't really tr- touch her t- trust fund. No, she doesn't, but she like, has access she to has, it. Right. She has a trust fund. Um, yes. But she doesn't really need it because her mom's just constantly like sending her brand new dresses and taking her to the spa for a day. And getting her picked up in a car. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, this is the kind of life she lives. Like, she's not hurting. <laughs> no. And I will say it was really fun, like... Just kind of hearing about her, like, doing the walk to work and switching her shoes. Because I feel like in California, that's not a thing that we do so much here. But I was like, oh, that's what I did when I lived in London. Like, yeah, I would take the public transit and um, be in my tennis shoes. And then I'd get into the office and change into my nice shoes. Yeah. And I will say, like, as someone who's lived in New York and worked in, like, the heart, you know, in Midtown um, on, like, Broadway, area broadway in the 50s i yeah this was very nostalgic for me to read i was like it's it's well written it's descriptive i was i felt like i was in new york i was like yeah this is kind of what you do if i lived in the upper west side um and i guess worked in downtown or not downtown manhattan that's much farther but like midtown or whatever yeah i would could walk um and you would definitely go to brooklyn for your self-defense classes i texted you about this I (laughs) i was so pissed off okay i was pissed off listen I don't know how this got through, but like she goes to a Krav Maga, Krav Maga class yeah. in Brooklyn, and I'm like, yeah, right. Like you live on the Upper West Side. Like I, I basically didn't see friends for years. I lived in Astoria, Queens. They lived in Brooklyn. We didn't see each other unless we met in Manhattan. Like, no, it's not happening. You're not coming to me and I'm not coming to you. I know it. That's too far. <laughs> it's too far. Let's find a middle ground. I love you. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> but you know what? Maybe it was easy since she had a car that could take her there. <laughs> I mean, if I had of my own, like, you know, Ben's taking her, Bentley taking me around, yeah, I'd probably go. And please. she didn't even have to go right away because her parents were like, hey, before you go there, we're going to completely redo this gym from top to bottom. Eva- so take that class in a week's time. Sorry. Ava, yes. Ava is there's a reason for that and she's got a lot of trauma from her childhood um and it's understandable so her mom wants i don't this is such a rich people solution it's not based in reality at all it's so ridiculous it's great um the mom finds out she's taking krav maga and decides like instead of like 
just letting her be her own person, she tracks her phone yeah. and finds out she's taking Krav Maga. And then instead of like, I guess, then talking about it with her, once they get into a fight, she's like, don't worry, I'm just going to make all these security upgrades to the gym you're going to go to. Yeah. Like, that's the type of 1% motherfuckers we're dealing with right now. So, yes. This, and if you think that's crazy, <laughs> just wait till we got you more meet you. our main man. Ooh, let's introduce him. Gideon Cross. Gideon. Gideon Cross. Mm, what so a name to say when you're getting hot and bothered. Gideon. 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 Yeah, I don't like that. The, oh, I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I almost got into this before we started recording, but I feel like a lot of times in these books, they choose the weirdest names to go with. Like, it's like, it's like a part, it's like, it's like they want it to be unique enough, but rugged and also like, I don't know. Gideon is just not a sexy, Gideon, like I think of as a nerdy name. Uh, excuse me, nerds are very sexy and well, hot. yes, yes, but, like, not the way that this guy is. Like, this guy no. is, like, freaking millionaire, right. built, and, like, not yeah. nerdy at all. I don't mind the name Gideon. I, um, it worked for me okay. on the okay. arousal scale. All but right, I- <laughs> all right, all right. But, you know, I get what you're saying, and, like, yes, I, I agree. There's, like, some wild names in romance books. Yeah, they just don't want to be normal. But I mean, I guess if I, it was normal, we'd be complaining again, about the fact that his name was Brian. So Brian, not a hot name. <laughs> not a hot name. I'm sorry, Brian. It's just not a hot name. Okay. It's a good well, name. It's not hot though. Uh, Mr. Cross is 28 years old, a bazillionaire. He's worth like 12 billion dollars. He owns New York City. He owns all the restaurants. He owns all the gyms. gyms. He owns a giant building of officeness. Is it Crossfire Industries or Crossfire? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Crossfire Building. Yes. You would think upon hearing this that he was like maybe an older individual who's no. had many years no, to no, no, build no, up an empire. No, he's 28. He's 28, baby, young, and virile. Yep. <laughs> And uh, he's very alpha. He is very um, controlling and possessive. Uh, as we mentioned, he, he's into stalking a bit. But he's also really big. You <laughs> <laughs> guys! He is so big. <laughs> mm. He's so big. He's like super hot and super like, big. Like, it's really important that I let down my guard around him so, so that I can handle his big cock. He's, it's big. Mm. Um, I mean, that's just something you have to know about him. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's also he, hot. He's super hot. I will say his description, you know, I'm all about the tall and dark and I, blue when eyes. She, when she wrote that his hair was long, I was like, yes. Yeah. I'm Yes. I'm, I'm in to yes. this. Yes. I'm into this tall, dark, blue-eyed guy. And I'm not even really into businessmen. Like, I will, I fully admit, like, I was, like, getting us, I was like, oh, he owns a business. Like, big deal. No. I was wrong. That worked for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. It was good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so he was definitely written to be very, very sexy. Like, every time they go anywhere in this book, People look at Gideon and mm. she notices it. She's like, uh, you know, I could tell like all these women were looking at him. And it was like, we get it. At this point, we get it. He is like next level hot. Like everyone is checking him out. 
Yes, everyone. everyone. Babies. Babies are, are kind of like, why out. aren't you my daddy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Anyway, you know mm, what I mean. Daddy. But, <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's our two main characters. And then, and then, um, so Ava lives with somebody, a model, kind of like a male model. Of course. Yeah, of course <laughs> she lives with a male model. Who's also this, tr- gorgeous. Yeah, dra- mm-hmm. like stunningly handsome, bisexual, actually getting gigs, even though he's just gotten here with her he just from here. San Diego. Because uh, apparently he came with her. They met each other out there um, in group therapy. More on that later. Yes. Um, but yeah, he's kind of, he's he's good. Uh, good friend. Very sassy. He's a kind of a mess. He is a mess. He's a little bit of a jerk at times. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, I do find it really interesting he has a big story to him and we get little tastes of it, mm-hmm. but it's kind of nice because I do feel like some of like him as a secondary character is a little bit more fleshed out than you usually see. I agree. Like I enjoyed his storyline. I wasn't like, why is this happening? <laughs> um, I, I looked forward Until to the it. end. <laughs> oh yeah. We have to talk about the orgy ooh, at the end. Ooh, um, ooh, ooh. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, Carrie Taylor is her roommate slash best friend and we get to know him throughout the book as well. He's kind of the little angel and devil on Ava's shoulder. Yes. Okay, um, there's a lot to unpack here, so we're gonna have to go at light speed. So light I would speed, make which sure is you kind of interesting because this all happens like in the course of two weeks. That's a very good point. No, it's like more like one week. It's like seven days. <laughs> um, no, no, there's a whole four days where they do not talk. That's so true because he needs that time to build an exact replica of her room. More on that later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in for it. Oh, yes. Um, so Ava, okay, Ava, it starts, the book starts off, Ava's in New York. Yay, Windridge. Fresh whatever. face. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go do a, like a test walk to work to see how long it takes to get this there. This is what people do. So responsible. Fuck off. Like, <laughs> you went there for interviews. You should know how yeah, long you, it takes you to get there. Like, get, okay. Anyway, that's good for you, girl. And so she goes there, and of course, in the lobby, she's like wearing her, like, at leisure wear she looks like she was gonna go work out she's gonna go work out of this but she wants to make a test run to her office and that's when she meets our dark and dangerous dark and dangerous a woman a random unnamed woman drops her purse and she's like i'm from california so i'm gonna be helpful unlike all these other new yorkers that are just rushing by and not paying attention to this woman's struggle lie new yorkers are full of heart but yeah okay Okay. Yes, they are. <laughs> I know they're full of heart, but I feel like they don't pay attention like when someone's having a normal struggle on the street. More on that later. More on that later. <laughs> uh, anyways, helping her pick stuff up. like, And then there's a shoe in front of her as she's down on the ground. And she like looks up. They're Oxfords. And she falls back on her ass. Oh, God. She and cannot she handle struck. Like literally when she sees him, I thought she was going to have like a seizure. Yes. Um she w- he was so attractive. She was just like oh. she overdosed on his masculinity. Like have you ever seen like in the anime when they're like oh, you know, like, whoa and their eyes turned <laughs> their to little stars. Eyes, yeah. Yeah, like, that's oh, like, oh, oh. like kind of like what she did. She kind of went like chibi and like she was like, "Oh my god." And but big big blushy cheeks. Big blushy. Yeah. She could not get over how attractive he was and, and how much of a man. He was, he was all man, baby. Mm. And um, it was it was endearing. I was like, okay, I get it. He's hot. 
Um, and then like the other woman like sees him and she like forgets about Ava, even though Ava's helping her pick up her shit and like Ava's. And then like, starts okay. just fawning over him because he is so attractive, you guys. He is very attractive. So Ava like is like, thanks, I'm fine, and then runs away and she's just like, Oh my god, get a hold of yourself, girl. Yeah. How could you how could you be so attracted to a man? That like just like that. He's trouble. Yes. And um Dark and Dangerous. Dark and she calls him dark and dangerous. Mm-hmm. So we know from the get-go that this guy is scorching. Like he is like the kind of guy that you he's dangerous because he's so hot. So um you gonna know, get course, burned. She's gonna get burned. I mean, she goes home, she tells Carrie about it. Yes. He's kinda like, cool, fuck him. And she's like, Oh, you don't you don't mess around with this kind of guy. And no. she then goes on and mess around. <laughs> so she starts her job. And her boss is really nice. Yes. At first, there was a while when like her all her relationships were with guys were just seemed really flirty to me with like every and then I'd be like, what's going on? Those it took me a while to be like a couple scenes later, oh, her boss is gay. Okay. They established early on that, you know, yes, her boss is gay. And almost like I I, I don't I, I'm glad they did that. I'm glad there's representation, obviously. But yeah. it was very much like, okay, he's a he's going to be, um, you know, a, a safe space. He's going. To, he he took on early on this kind of role of like asking, "Are you okay?" Like, yeah, he was like shit happens very to caring. Her. He's caring. He had a fatherly energy to him. I like him. Yeah, I really do. And, and I so, like his partner too. His partner like, is great. You yeah. get to know them, and I like that. I like the fact that she fleshes out her side characters. They're not just kind of like. Mm-hmm. little mouthpieces or whatever. I mean, anyway, so the point is like Ava is working. She loves her job, but then she comes to find out. Well, they get pulled into a meeting. Well, first she runs into him in the elevator. Oh yeah. And he's like, did you enjoy your first day? And she's like, yes. What about you? And he's like, not my first day. <laughs> he's very kind of like, and at this point I'm like, I'm digging him. I'm like, oh, he's kind of like, I dig that kind of alpha energy as long as they're not, stalkers um <laughs> i do dig that and so i was kind of like okay okay i feel you mr uh-huh. mr rich and famous but sexy well sexy well dressed kind of like you know hair. cunning anyway and um and but then yeah you're right the next morning after that she has a meeting and she finds out he owns the fucking building the building Dark and so basically building. he pulled in her boss for a pitch on this vodka it's and an ad, an ad pitch, and um, the boss was like, "I have no idea why they specifically asked for me for this account. Like, I don't know any of these people. I don't know why they. I've never heard of this vodka, but they asked for me by name, mm. and so they worked on it together. He's really happy with it. He's like, "You have to come with me. We work so hard on this together. Come to the meeting with me." And so they go up to the meeting. And he's there. Mr. Dark and Dangerous is also owns the entire company you fucking work for, Ava. Yeah. And she is just she's she's wet. She's um so wet. Doesn't know what to do with herself. Distracted the whole meeting. Distracted the whole meeting. She's trying to but she does pull it together. I will yes. say, like in those moments, she pulls it together and does her fucking job. Mm-hmm. And as they're walking out of the meeting, he like tells her, he was like, uh, just a moment, Mark. She'll be right down. This to me, this is where it starts because I get that this is a fantasy. Romance novels are a fantasy. Like yes. some of these things wouldn't happen in real life. But of course, I have my real life hat on at all times. I just, <laughs> as soon as he was like, 
she'll be right down, Mark. Mark's like, what the fuck? Okay. He's not going to like talk shit to the guy who owns the building he works in. Yeah. He goes downstairs, leaving. It's, it's like a, a me too he situation. Like, it's like a walking me too. He shot some concerned eyes to yeah. her and then was like, okay, bye. And Ava's sitting there and, and um, Gideon, dark and dangerous, kind of turns to her and he casually says, are you sleeping with anyone? And she says... That's none of, your none of your business. What the heck? Why? And he was like, because I need to fuck you. <laughs> in the As middle of the elevator bank. Does. In the As middle. one does. And like, okay, this is like, this is 2012. I get that. Okay. I would say, is that pre-Me Too? I don't know. But the point is like. I think it's pre-Me Too. Also, this is the romance world. I get that. But I was kind of like, oh my God. Like, this is just so and it's just so brazen he's so i mean brazen. he owns new york he, he owns can new- do whatever he wants exactly and i guess that kind of makes some people turned on but yeah it was a little concerning for me and she's like oh, what <laughs> so i don't care i don't want to fuck you bye and she leaves of course good for you girl because mm-hmm. that's of course what you do in the beginning of a romance novel you have to say no you gotta say so- no and of course we have her inner monologue where she's like oh, oh. i really wanna <laughs> i mean i'm kind of insulted but oh i really really want to she's conflicted as hell and then she goes downstairs and mark's like what was that and she's like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. and i'm like it, it it's just this is where it starts like this happened in 50 shades too where like christian gray does a lot of problematic things and the people in anna Steele's life are like honey give him a chance yeah or like they kind of just turn oh, a blind eye you got a good thing going there exactly like he's this rich is not problematic this isn't scary like if this happened in real life okay mm-hmm. there would be like a whole hr issue like it would never go i mean or at least i hope there would maybe maybe there wouldn't i don't know i know that lots of shit happens but the point is Anyway, Mark, once she says, don't worry about it, we got the deal. We got the, we got the campaign, didn't we? It's yeah. dropped. And yep. he doesn't ask what happened up there no. with the owner of the building and, uh, <laughs> and Ava. The company. <laughs> Ava. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. This happens a couple more times. He kind yeah. of tries to come on to her. He's, he's into her. He's yeah. very into her. And she's kind of like, no, no, I won't. I won't. And like. At that, he like called like at one point she's up in his office again, right? And like there's some a, a little yeah. hot and heavy action, like like he he basically jumps her on the couch because he has a couch office. in his office, of course. And he just like had to kiss her, and like she responded in kind because oh, there's so much. She around. definitely wants it. Like she's definitely kind of like conflicted inside because yeah. of all of the context. But like I will she's, say, she's not there saying no, and he's not like pressing against like a blatant no at least like not at this she's, point in the book at this point she's very much like we shouldn't yeah, we, we shouldn't. shouldn't no we shouldn't but we shouldn't but we should but we should but he's he wants to fuck her uh, so yeah. and he makes that very clear he makes it he very communicates clear. that very well yeah he's a good communicator in terms of what he wants mm-hmm. but then the second creepy thing happens which I mean, maybe I'm a buzzkill for, like, the diehard romance fans out there, but <laughs> he, I get it. Like, this is a romance book, okay? But, like, then she goes out with Carrie. Yes, they're going out for a night on the town. Gonna mm-hmm. go drinking, gonna have fun, and they're, they hit up a couple clubs, having a good time, and they're kind of wandering from one club to the other when they're approached by um, one of the, like, kind of hype men on the street, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know what you call them. The guys that are like trying to get you to go to certain clubs. Right. And he gives them this card and he's like, go to this club. Like, you don't even have to wait in line. You get in for free. Sounds and like I, a great deal, right? Yeah. I'd be like, okay. Okay. So they go to this club and like there's a huge line they get to get past. They get into the VIP section. Just wow. So easy. Right. So great. And as they're in the VIP section, who should happen to be there? Well, of course. They sit down in the VIP section and Gideon shows up and he slings an arm around Ava, all like, hey, yeah, what's up? Mine, kind of like laying out some of his territory in front of Carrie. Yeah, and then, okay, and then Carrie says, I'm gonna go dance. I'm gonna just leave you here with this guy. Like, yeah, like, I'd be like, no, 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 Stay. But he leaves, of course, and uh, Ava is left with Gideon, and she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, baby, I own the club. Yeah. And she's like, ah. Oh. And she's like turned on and conflicted at the same time, and he's like, I know what you like to drink. And it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So they bring over these drinks, and it's exactly what she's been ordering all night. It turns out that one of the other clubs they went to was – also owned by Gideon, and he, like, had an alert or something set. Oh, my God. So that he, like, if she showed up at any of his properties, he could, like, (laughs) see that she was there and learn. So he learned the drink that she wanted and had them make it here. And this was, I guess, enchanting to her. I'm overheating. (laughs) I'm literally overeating because, like, I on one hand I get that like this is like power move, dude, and like she's she's way conflicted about it, but like he that is she feels suffocated. She does like because mm-hmm. this is around the time that she found out her mom was like following her, her phone. on her phone. Yeah. And so she feels like, oh, great. This guy coming on to me owns half of New York. How suffocating. So but like still. I don't know. He's basically like, baby, I know you're out tonight wanting to fuck, but daddy's right here. I yeah, don't you don't you. need to find a random guy. I'm here. And she's like, do I know you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But does that, does he give up? No. No. Never give up. Never surrender. So, of course, things from here start picking up real quick because yes. she starts kind of being like, I do like him. You know, I do. I know I he's do. kind of dark and dangerous, but I do like him. And yeah. there's um, this. There's a an event. A gala. A gala. Of course. Yes. No romance book can have a party. No, you have to have a good party. Maybe a couple of parties. But the gala is hosted by, of course, dark and dangerous Gideon Cross. Yes, he is company. giving a TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> this okay, gala. But this is like, this is kind of where we find out about some of the trauma threads in both of these characters' lives. Yep. At this point, we understand Ava has had some sexual assault history of some sort. That's but how it's very vague. Carrie. You don't really vague. know... What's going on there? Carrie has also had some stuff going on, and it's yeah. mentioned their group therapy where yeah. they met. Um, and like the premise of their friendship, I love. Like, I love the fact that they found each other, you yes. know, her and Carrie. So, but yeah, there is a, a very vague premise. Um, so there's a gala, and so it's kind of a charity gala. So she's going there because also 
her and her mom. And then because of her experience, they do give a lot to different organizations that... They're philanthropists. Yeah, they're philanthropists and specifically to people that are victims of sexual Sexual abuse. Mm Mm-hmm. And assault. So they're already going. They're already planning to go. She's taking Carrie as her like date. They go and do the spa day. Like her mom delivers her a brand new dress. I mean, what a dream, I guess. But it's just, I don't understand this life at all. But it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But he obviously finds out out that she is on the guest list. Gideon finds out that she's on the guest list because he finds out everything and like, he's he like tracks her bowel movements at this point oh yeah yeah he knows what time she is going he is waiting outside the door ready um <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> but anyways he is like i'm going you're going why not just go together let's do it baby just let's like i'll pick you up in my limo We'll do this. It'll be good. There's a power dynamic here, right? Like, he owns the building. He is rich, rich. Yes. And he's like, do you want to go out with me? And she's kind of like, fuck, man. Like, I do. Yeah. And so she agrees. She's like, okay, I will go with you. Right. And And that's when he's like, I'm around the corner. (laughs) Remember? He's like, I'm around the corner from your house. Tell the doorman that I'm on my way right now, Ava. Tell them. Tell them. And she's like... Okay. <laughs> okay. She has to tell him. She's yeah. Like, so I, he owns the building. She I have like, no idea why she, she has to tell him. She makes him wait for a hot second while she gets finished getting ready. And then Carrie's like, okay, you've made him wait too long. No, 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 no. He comes over before that and eats her out. Oh, I forgot. Yes. <laughs> he comes over earlier in the day. Oh, so this was because he, she was so hungover from the night at the club. Yes. And not answering her phone, which is yes. concerning to him. It's concerning. To, I mean, I, I mean, you don't, you understand. Yeah, he doesn't, he gets scared. So he comes over and of course kind of tries to like seduce her again. It works more this time. Yeah, because he, he eats her up, out. <laughs> he ends up going down on her and he says something like, um, you're going to, um, by the way, baby, you're going to get um, tested and then you're going to let me come inside of you. <laughs> You guys. Let me me tell you something. Okay. 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 Tell me something. Out of context. Tell me something. This isn't not hot. Okay. Like he's he's worried about sexual STD. He's he's basically like, hey, get tested, which is good. He's not just like, I'm going to come in you no matter what. But like I personally, I was like, okay, out of context, that's not a not hot thing to say. But in the context of him showing up out of nowhere (laughs) and doing it. (laughs) And and I guess there's also the interesting dynamic there of like, you're going to get tested. Like there's nothing about he was like, and then I'm going to get tested. We're going to talk about our sexual histories with each other. You just broke your microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Oh, shit. Oh, you don't really need that part right now, do you? (laughs) We'll figure it out later. Anyway. Um. Yeah, so <laughs> this is the excitement here on The Real Bodice Ripper, breaking our microphones and the passion of talking about sexual consent. I, I literally have like these three little legs and stick in my microphone. I like turned them and they ripped right off. I must be so excited. <laughs> You're just so excited about consent. I am. But yeah, so rather than it being like, we're both going to talk about consent. He just demands that she's going to get tested so he can come inside her, basically. Yeah, because, like, this is the kind of man who is like, 
my cum belongs inside of you. Yes. That's where and it you goes. are going to be so lucky to have my cum You're inside gonna you. You're going to want it inside of you at all times, of course. Yes. So sh- she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <clears throat> um, but yeah, and then they set up their little date. The gala. The they, gala. Yeah, they go to the gala together. And well, let me what tell you something. A limo ride. Yeah. Okay. They don't have to wait. They nope. don't wait. They don't wait. They so, in the which limo. Is another what? thing that's interesting about their pairing is because like they seem to have these concepts of things like safe sex, but then when it comes down to it, they just throw caution to the wind and they're like, I don't fucking care. I'm just fucking. And they don't even like follow it up with like, okay, now we should probably get tested. No, it's <laughs> never nope. I feel like, yeah, no, in the limo, she's so like hot for him. That she's pretty much like, I can't wait anymore. And she kind of gets on top of him and makes it happen. She which really I, seduces him, I which is good. I like that. Yeah, yes. I was kind of like into that. I was like, okay, girl, you go for what like, you want. Like, let's have want. her have some of her Am power. Am I worried for you? Yes. Yes. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, the point is that in the limo, they have this hot ass sex scene where she kind of gets on top, does her thing. And apparently he'd never had sex in a car before. Which blows my mind. Yeah. Mr. Like, Gideon Cross. He has some sexual history and he never had sex in a car. Well, but you know what? I guess he grew up in New York. So maybe that makes a little more sense. It's a, is it a rich people thing? Maybe a rich people like, thing. I, but also like, like when you I have sex like, in a car, is it like you have nowhere else to have sex? Like, cause it, <laughs> I mean, I, the rich people are, do have their cars that drive them places in New York, but they don't have their own cars necessarily it was going a part to get of his sex with. appeal and this happens several times throughout the book where he can fuck in his car and his driver will keep driving yes. until he's done and fucking he will you. pretend that he hasn't and his the poor driver his, <laughs> his uh receptionist will pretend that he is not fucking you in his office right now yes. like he's got some great privilege we will say so yeah they have this like really hot and heavy scene but then as soon as like they're done fucking Gideon apparently like emotionally kind of retreats the from her. The minute he comes, he retracts. He retracts. Like maybe he's exhausted. I don't know. But the point is, no, he's, it's, it's different. And she feels kind of rejected. Uh, she feels rejected. She feels like, like what's used? That? What happened? Right. And this is where we start to see kind of, in my opinion, some red flags on both of their parts. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say like, you don't have the right to feel rejected because obviously he recoiled yeah. um, after they they finished but her response is very to 10 it's very reactive kind of oh, like goodness yes like she's kind of like why is he doing that he must not care about me I lash lash kind lashing. of like lashes out Flailing. and she's like yeah very like she punishes him mm-hmm. by ignoring him she keeps running away from him at the gala things yep. like that and he's like why you keep running away <laughs> why are you avoiding me he again doesn't understand that she is mad 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 because she sensed his emotional retraction. She didn't confirm it or ask him any questions about it. Or try to talk about it. She just kind of came to that conclusion on her own, based on her own emotional reasoning. Yep. Right. Which, such good emotions on this gal right here. It just happens. I don't... (laughs) It's very real to life. It is very real. Honestly, it is. And and maybe that's one of the challenges of this book, is like some of it's real to life in a way that it's like, I'm here Mm -hmm. for a happily ever after story. But we know at this point. it was also delicious. It was delicious. At this point, we know this is going to be a complicated tale. Oh, goodness, yes. So, yeah. And and then, so basically the gala happens. I think he gives a speech. Her mom's there. Carrie's there. And she loves the speech. Like, she's deeply touched by his speech about sexual abuse. And she, like, gets up and gives him a standing O. Yeah, which makes sense. Not an orgasm. 
ovation. Not a standing orgasm, though I honestly wouldn't put it past this book. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, but the point is, yeah. So she gives him the standing O, and then she dances with his brother? Yeah, because he's there. His brother is named Christopher? Yeah. Yes. Christopher Vidal. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He asks her to dance. He comes across really nice, Mm -hmm. but is really a deceitful and horrid person. You can tell, but can Ava, we don't really know what's on her radar. She's yeah. so wrapped yeah, up. Well, and she's like, she. I feel like she has a little bit of a sense of like, oh, it's weird, like how forward and nice he's being. Um, I find that an interesting thing because later on, like Gideon warns her away from him and like she gets warnings about multiple people and she's all, her reaction is always, fuck you, I make my own choices. And I'm like... <laughs> Stop getting close to, like, putting yourself in situations with these people that someone's warned you against. I mean... If you like him enough to, like, fuck him the way you are and try to invest (laughs) in him, maybe listen to his opinions on some of the people, because... Clearly you trust him. Yeah. And he doesn't do it in a way that I... It never came across to me as controlling the way that I guess it did to her character. Her character just saw them. She this found is him being certain controlling. things controlling that were like that no, were not controlling. Like that's just him telling you something. Yeah. Versus like he would be like, "I'm coming over. I'm around the corner, and you're gonna like do something with me." And she's and, like, "Okay, okay, yeah." So like, it's like she was set off by the wrong things, really. Which this is like we. I mean, like again, like I see the trauma bonding here. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, girl, okay, okay. I'm like with her in this. I'm like, I'm gonna help you through this, and she hasn't listened to me at all. No. But um, anyway, the point is that she dances with him. He's super charming, and of course, like Gideon's like, I'm gonna, or Get Carrie, Carrie dances with her too, and then he's like, I'm gonna cut in. You know, I don't know. The point is, what we need to know about this is number one, she was pissed off at him the whole night because he recoiled Re- after oh, having yes. sex with her yes. with no communication, and then um. Um, her way out because she's just like over it at some point. She's like, I'm going to go home. Carrie's like, okay, let's go home. And she runs into Magdalene in the bathroom. Mm. And at that point, Magdalene's like, I hope he hasn't fucked you. Oh, he has. Because that means he's going to throw you away now. Right. And let me tell you something. If I heard this, I would probably be upset. Yes. Mm -hmm. I would. I'd be like, okay, number one, who are you? Yeah. But... Well, but she also kind of knew who she was because yeah. she saw, like, Carrie pictures. stalked him and, like, showed her all these pictures. And so she kind of knew that this is a woman that was constantly in Gideon's life. Yeah, she was an orbiter. <laughs> so, but at the same time, it didn't, the sting wasn't any less painful to hear Mag, is her name, not is her name Magda? No, Magdalene? I don't remember her name. Mag. Maggie, he calls her Maggie, which is so infuriating. Like, fucking don't call her a name. <laughs> anyway, Maggie tells her, yeah, he's going to throw you away because he, he only fucks the women he's going to, like, get know, rid of. He, he never sticks you, around with them. If he doesn't fuck you, then he wants to marry you. And I guess she's never fucked him. And it's, like, oh, convenient for you to say because yeah. you pick me, bitch. You've never. <laughs> you <laughs> think that he's just getting his, sowing his oats and that he'll settle down with you. When he's just no longer old enough to thrust. (laughs) Anyway. But the point is, she like runs home and she's like, "Eh." you know, like she's mad. And she's mad, mad and sad. I I can understand being that. Like the limo ride, I was like, whoa, calm down. But then with that, I was like, okay, I guess I get it. Um, But I forgot what happens right after this. But because it's it it kind of takes on this rhythm of them like. She gets angry at him and runs away. Mm-hmm. And he follows He comes her. back and follows her and, like, demands that she 
talk well, to him demands that she fuck him. Well, Apparently her being angry, the best way to solve the situation is that she needs a good fucking. That's not established till the end of the book, but yes, like he doesn't really, he can't put that to words till the end of the book. He, yeah, he words this it later, is, but we see the pattern happening. Yes, like that's the I'm angry. Oh, he fucked problems. me. Okay, it's better. <laughs> exactly. It's a pattern we're seeing. But like basically at this point, he's trying to like date her. And yes, he's and like, he, so he does decide at this point, he's like, okay, because first of all, he told her he doesn't, didn't do relationships, he's but to now fuck. he's like, okay, I'm going to adjust. I'm making some adjustments to what I said. I don't want to just fuck you. I do want to date you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, that was an interesting thing for me to see because like, I do feel like there's situations where people will say what you want to hear just to get you to then participate in the thing. And so I was just like, girl, run away. <laughs> girl, <laughs> you should bad. go. Yeah, but of course she doesn't. We wouldn't have any hot story. No. Um, and we, I'm like, I'm just like looking at the time. We haven't gotten into half of this fucking shit. It's crazy. <laughs> it, okay. At this point, he starts to date her. They go to the gym together. Uh-huh. They do things and together. And, and he's jealous. Oh, yeah. And like they do this other, thing and he's jealous. Some other dude comes over and he's like, hi, hello. And he's I like, own this gym. And yeah, Gideon comes over and he's like mad, mad. He's like, yeah, the girlfriend gets whatever she wants. And then she's like. And meanwhile, this yeah. guy at the gym was being a really good salesperson Doing for the job. gym that he owns where he's like, oh, you're brand new. Let's get you set up for some personal training things. And maybe he found her attractive as well. But. That is his job is whenever there's new people, when you go to a 24 hour fitness, they're like, oh, when you join, you get some free personal training sessions because that is how they get you. (laughs) Yes. But no, in this instance, Gideon was like, she's my girlfriend. And he's like, oh, shit, Mr. Cross. You know, and it's just like it's just a a cockfight over and over again in the book. Um, And like. And then she's like, do you mind if we don't shower? I want to, like, fuck you with your pheromones raging. And so he, yes. he then does the next best thing. He then tells her there is there is a hotel There's around a hotel the around the corner. And let's, let's go just, there. Let's, I mean, you just told me you want to do this now. Wanna do, I want to fuck you now, too. And so they go outside, and then he plans this big, deep kiss on her right on the sidewalk. Yeah, he's, a show. He's, he's laying down thick-ass game right now. And yeah. she's like, great. They go in the hotel. He doesn't check into the hotel. He just walks her to the elevator. Yeah. Um, and then they Gives go a up. nod to the Gives concierge. Gives a nod because guess fucking what? He owns the hotel? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> what? They go up to the penthouse and they fuck crazy. Like, yeah. like fucking crazy, dude. I mean, yes. I... He can, he makes a comment like, I can feel you in my stomach or something. Like he, he's like, like he makes that kind of, or like he can feel oh, he can her f- stomach. He can feel himself like in her stomach. I'm yes. Guessing. His penis is so large, you guys. And like he is, he's just right through her, right through her. He can feel himself and wow. he's digging it. Literally. Um, and, th- <laughs> and then he like, okay. Then this is another thing. Then he takes a shower and he's like, come on in, baby. Take yeah, a shower Yeah, he really wants me. her to take the shower with him. He's like, come, yeah. let's do it. And she's like, oh, languishing. In Give the, me a moment. Because oh, she be literally just second. got punched in the cervix for like 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Repeatedly punched in the cervix. Oh, God, I'm like rubbing my cervix. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. It's okay, baby. It's okay. Because <laughs> like some dudes do do that. Yeah, anyway, the true. point is that... um. 
she then starts to open drawers in the room. As one does, because she like she has the thought of, we didn't really check in here. Oh, are you going through some doors here? Oh, <gasps> what's this? Are those condoms or paper? <laughs> Pencils. Those are color, those are color <laughs> pencils. pencils. But for Ava, it was condoms. It was sex toys. Sex toys galore. And she realized not only did he own this fucking building, but this was his fuck pad. His fuck pad. And he brought her here like she was any old girl who you would fuck. No. And she's pissed off. So she just leaves and leaves yes. him in the shower and then like runs down the street and like ends up in a random restaurant. She's, she's in a weird pizza she's shop. She's like crying and eating pasta or something. Pizza. She's eating like pizza. a weird thin crust pizza crying. Like, I mean, I've been, the, I've been there, girl. I have been there. I have. Yeah. And the but, poor waiter's just like, are you okay? Do you, you want need more pizza? Anything? You know? <laughs> and then, of course, she has 21 missed calls. Okay. 21. Wait. Two, one. <laughs> Twenty-one. That's 20 a few phone calls. He, that's like one phone call I a will minute. say, her cell phone game is horrendous. Yeah. Like, she has a cell phone, but she doesn't really seem to use this cell phone. She's not really a girl on social media either. She's like definitely off the grid a little bit in that Which way. Which I guess in 2012, like what would she have had? Her Facebook maybe. Oh, there was Maybe Instagram. a Twitter. There was an Instagram Insta- in 2012? Ins- yes, I was on it. What? Yeah. Was that when it was like made to rate your beers? Is that when? <laughs> maybe. I don't know, but I was on it. In 2012? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Long term. But anyway, yeah. So he, of course, she calls him back and she's like, hello. And he's like, oh, I fucked up. I'm so sorry. And he's like, he is very apologetic. He's like, I should never have brought you here. Let me come find you, sweetheart. Blah, blah. And she's like, I'm at a pizza shop. I don't know where I'm at. And like, he's like, I know where you're at. He's a fucking stalker. And he comes and finds her. And he's like, I can't be seen here, Ava. We have to go back. Let's go back to my apartment. No one's ever been there. And she's like, you would be the only woman that's ever been there. And so this kind of soothes her soul. Because how dare he have a history? Yeah. How <laughs> dare how dare he have a fuck pad, even though you literally asked to fuck pad him? Yes. <laughs> I just but, need to fuck you as soon as possible. But how he, dare you? He obliged. I, I'm not defending him, but he did. Um, and uh, Honestly, I don't think it was bad that he took her there. I, I, She's I, like, I, I want like, to do this now. And he said, I can make that happen for you. I know. Like, I would have been, and, would I have been kind of weirded out? Yeah. I would have been like, oh, that's not. I, I hope that's not used, but okay, don't use but, that on me. But I mean, like, if you you're going to get involved with this guy, you know he comes with a history. You come with a history. She comes with a mighty history. Like, but come why does, on. People why can't does, just not have a history. Why does his history the only one that matters? Yeah. They end up back at his apartment, and she's like, I'm the only woman who's ever been here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, like, dancing all around. I think they fuck again. Like, probably. of course. Yeah, probably. <laughs> shit. So, <sighs> so. And anyway, and he, like, wraps her in silk and shit. I don't know. Like, and really, it just, like. So this like, wash, rinse, repeat. Yes, over and over. But, like, not even many days pass, and then. How do they end up having their breakup? Okay. I, I don't know when this happens, but at one point she does start realizing the paparazzi has picked up on them. Oh, yes. And she realizes that that kiss on the sidewalk was intentional because he wanted to let the world know that she <clears throat> was his, that he is not lo- did he, available. Did he ask her that she, she wanted to be a part of a media spectacle? No. Yeah. No. 
No. And so now she's thrust into the limelight with this me- mega billion millionaire and she's in headlines. I mean, I felt bad for the girl. Like she's a mess, yes. but I felt bad with her. But and and then she starts thinking like he's going to find out about my past. Yes. So she eventually like goes to therapy with her mom or something and then she realizes she has to tell him. Well, my favorite part is, <laughs> oh, is like it? she goes through her therapy with her mom and then her like they're leaving and she's like, "Hold on, I have to ask the therapist a question." Mm-hmm. And so the mom leaves and she's like, "Therapist, do you think that two people with trauma can have a successful relationship?" <laughs> like basically <laughs> Two percent information. Yeah, and of course, the therapist gives a very informed response off of this, which is like, "Yeah, definitely, all the time." I, it's like I feel like I would say, like, I can't answer that. I, I, <laughs> How okay. do you feel about this therapist's response to this question? I have feelings. Um. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I would definitely probably go towards. Well, that requires more information. And I think we should schedule an extra session and talk about that, Ava, as I'm your therapist, your mother's therapist, and eventually your couple's therapist, which is not how it happens. Nope. That's unethical because if you have bias, if you start seeing one client, you can't then see the like the couple because you have a bias. Anyway, the point is that, yeah, he says, yeah, sure. And then she walks out like, thank you. Um, <laughs> awesome. I'm going to make it work. But then this leads to my next favorite scene where... Ava decides I have to tell him, like for the good of him, so he knows what he's getting into. About my history. About my history. And he's like, what is it, Ava? Anything. I don't care. And they've just got done like fucking again, I think, right? Like they're fucking before. They're fucking after. They're always fucking. If they are somewhere together, his penis is inside her. He's oh, Or his tongue. He spends like, he says 80% of his day inside of her. He has a hard time when she sets boundaries. He actually yeah. says that later in the book. <laughs> um, so fucking in the morning, fucking in the evening, fucking at dinner time. Yeah. When Ava's in the room, it means fucking anytime. <laughs> Is that right? The bagel bites thing? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. So she tells him basically, she's, she confesses to him like, hey, you should know. Um, unfortunately, I was... Trigger warning, I was raped by my stepbrother um, repeatedly, and the only reason my mom found out was because I had to, I had a miss, was it a miscarriage? A miscarriage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this was sad. Like, I was like, okay, well. That is a heavy history. It is. And he's obviously rightfully very upset. He sees red. He's upset. She's feeling really upset. And it's... Well, it's, I'm getting to that. Okay. But like, I know what you're about to say. Like, yeah. So for the moment there, you're like, whoa, this is very serious. Mm-hmm. But you know what happens? What happens, Jesse? She starts to think he's looking at her differently. Oh. And is, like, this is all the same Is breath. it possible that maybe he's no longer sexually attracted to her? I mean, yeah. No. <laughs> no. So basically, like, she just... Tells him that she was sexually assaulted as a child child, by her stepbrother and had a a miscarriage. And and he's like racked. He's He's, like, oh shit. He's He's, taking this in and he really does care about her at this point. It's clear that he cares about her. And he's also like, he's filled with like rage towards this stepbrother. He's processing a lot of information. And her response is like, 
you don't want to fuck me anymore. Yeah. <gasps> like 15 seconds later, she's like, I see you looking at me different with pity. You've looked at me with fire in your eyes for three days now. And now you're not. I can't do this anymore. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll fuck you right now. And they have sex literally 30 seconds after she tells, like, not 30 seconds. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it she was like, just relived her sexual or said her and she's sexual like, why trauma don't you look at why aren't you and then demanded he fuck her yeah why aren't, why aren't you looking at me right now like you want to fuck me and like an av- you know an appropriate response to that would be you know ava i'm feeling really un- like really upset with what happened to you i'm having an emotional response because i'm angry i'm hurt and like can we I, can do we a talk situ- about maybe this? Like, like can we talk more can i hold you can I hold like you? yeah i like, with what you just shared with me, I really want to connect with you in an emotional way. Uh, yeah. Safety is a thing. And create no. that respect. No, they have hardcore sex. Yeah. So that she can feel secure. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing to keep from weeping. Like, uh, it's like, just, wash, I rinse, mean, wash, rinse, repeat. Uh, it's painful. And it is. Like... Anyway, and then I forgot how they... Oh, yeah, they break up because he thrashes around in his sleep and starts oh, masturbating. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm not, that's... Okay, we shouldn't... I'm not sexual laughing. trauma, yes, too. I'm, and I'm not laughing at that. And I'm laughing at, like, my transition piece yes, there. Yes, the but, transition piece yes. was brilliant. But um, this was one of the frustrating things to me, and she does kind of point it out, is that she just shared this really vulnerable yes. thing with him, and she can see that he has some sort of sexual trauma that's happened yes because he has a behavior where in the night he'll he'll start like thrashing saying like get off me don't touch me but then he'll do it while masturbating this time he did he's done it before in the book but he doesn't masturbate this time he has a nightmare again and starts vigorously masturbating which honestly from her perspective i totally understand very very concerning right i'd be like and i and I think she realized she recognizes it as mm-hmm. like this is a result of trauma because she is a trauma survivor as well. And she just laid out her whole trauma for him, but he won't share back what happened with him. He just he brushes off, he's like, it's nothing. Right. Nothing like happened. He wakes up and he's like, What? What but what's we going on? All know something happened. Like even if he doesn't isn't aware of what he was doing in his sleep, like once she recounts to him what he just did, like that's creates an opportunity to now open about what has happened to you you know it would be an appropriate time to be like you know i didn't want to say anything earlier because i wanted to make sure you had space to share but i have to be honest with you i also have a sexual history like god ava uh, do we need to go to therapy let's do no it didn't go that way um it was like uh what are you talking about i don't i don't know what you're talking about come to bed ava come to bed you know or something like that and she's like no and she leaves again she just rushes out without her keys (laughs) She left her keys there. I don't know what she was. Th- I mean, she might have been in that fight or flight mode where she was just like, bye. But yeah. Yeah, luckily, goes, like Carrie let her in. It worked out okay. he was getting done fucking some blonde woman. Yeah. Which there's a whole thing oh, there. There's oh, a God. thing. I don't even we have time for Carrie's side story, but <laughs> there is one. There is one. He's like, oh, I really love this guy, but I just keep fucking random people. But, but as long as the guy doesn't know, it's fine. But I love that guy. He's kind of like addicted to the chaos. Yes. Oh, I don't know anyone like that. Do you? <laughs> no. No. It's not me. No, but it's no, not you. It's not me. Not, no, it's not. It's, I know who you're talking about. It's okay. We don't know them anymore. We don't. <laughs> anyway, the point is that... 
<laughs> the point is that, like, it's bad. And, of course, he sends over her keys. Gideon sends her keys over and, like, calls her 21 times again. It's well, just, like, he doesn't call her right away. Right. Like, the, he kind of, like, goes silent for four days. Yes, and she gets really she, scared. Like, in the inter-office mail, I think he sends her keys he back sends her to keys her. and says, thank you for everything. And she's like, oh, and shit. And she's like, he just broke up with me after all this. And then she goes into a massively deep depression slash um like having withdrawal from addiction sort of situation to his love his attention mm -hmm. which i mean i've done that <laughs> in yeah, a relationship so i'm like yeah happen. i know what you're doing right now <laughs> yeah it's it's painful mm -hmm. so um how do they get back together oh the garden party Oh, <laughs> the garden party. So, so, oh, his brother again finds her outside work and he's like, you want to go to lunch? Gideon's brother yeah. finds her and he invites her to the garden party. He yes. basically is like, hey, I know your room. Like, how does he know all this? We don't know. I know your roommate's like an up and coming model. Do you want to come to my garden party at our family home this weekend? You can bring him along. He can meet people in the music the industry. All the A-list celebrities are going to be there. They need people for their music videos. So Carrie can be And in then it. he also says like, you can meet the family. Yeah. Like, Gideon won't come. He doesn't come to family events, but you should come so they can all meet you. And she doesn't say to him at this time, I actually broke up with him. We're right. not together. She makes the decision of, yes, I should go to the family garden party of the person that I believe I I'm mean, broken up with now. When you're lovesick like that, like I, um, she's probably like, I don't want to go, but I don't want to leave him. I want to kind of just have a connection to him. So uh -huh. I'm going to go to his family. Family, family thing that I don't expect him to be at. Of course. Anyway. <laughs> kind of like when Elizabeth goes to see Pemberley. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We kind of left things awkwardly, but oh, look at this house. It's a yeah. lovely house. Exactly. So, of course, she goes to the garden party with Carrie, and he's totally stoked because it's a great networking event for him. And she's wearing this cute little garden party dress and a hat, and mm -hmm. they're just, like, cute. She gets to meet his sister and his family, and they're kind of, like, a lot. They're um, a lot. Carrie found a random person to fuck in a hedge maze, <laughs> as right. one does. And she's she's trying to have a good time, but she's, like, damn, like... I miss my man, even though we have a lot of glaring problems. Yeah. But you know what happens next. Oh, he shows up. Of course he does. And he's, he's mad. Oh. He's, what is she doing here? What is she doing at here? At his family home. But he's not mad at her. He's mad at like no. the family for luring her there. And he's like, we're leaving right now. And I will say, it's really interesting because like the younger sister, like I guess she's a half sister, but younger right. sister like seems genuinely curious and like... She kind of, like, finds him as a person really cool and wants to know about, like, she's asking of her older brother Ava about, like, yeah. her older brother and, like, wants to know about him. And then the mom, like, even she has some questions that seem very, like, so, like, how is he? Is he okay? Like, there's, these people obviously care about him. So I'm really, I feel like there's something that later in the books that's going to come out about someone in the family. Oh, it does. That I've, I've definitely read enough about the later books. I haven't oh, okay. read them, but that his trauma is within the family narrative comes out later and it's definitely within the family from what I know. Yeah. And he's, but he does not have any contact with them. He doesn't like them. I mean, mm -hmm. and he's a self-made fucking billionaire. 
Well, he wasn't self-made. I think he had a... Well, he definitely made a lot of that money. He hasn't talked to them in a long time. He, like... Yeah. He's... Well, like, cause his dad would, did a kind of scheme and killed himself. So there's some more trauma. Like, oh, the dad... Yeah, that's right. ...killed himself. And then the stepfather is very wealthy because his things... Um, and, like, he inherited a lot from his dad dying. And... But he doesn't need them anymore. Yeah. No, he is now... He owns half of fucking New York, okay? I mean, yeah. He's worth I mean, $12 billion. Dollars. Yeah. He says it. I found out. Anyway, the point is that yeah, so he's like ready to take her the fuck home. So, but first not before he takes her to a side room to kind of confess to her. Basically, a library like, was it a library? Yes, it was like a library to basically confess to her. Like I have been missing you. I fucked up. Like you can't be here. And she's like, uh, tell me why, or something like that. And she's like, no. And then of course, what ends up happening? Do they fuck? Well, no, they talk. No, oh. they fucking fuck. Yes. Oh, they, okay. Okay. They fuck. I thought and like, so. <laughs> and one, he's like, she, he's like, I need you now. And she's now. like, no, 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 not here. We're in the middle of a fucking room, uh, Gideon. And he's in, like, it has to be now. house at a party. It has to be now. Now is when she needs says to happen. Like, no, a couple times. And he's, yeah. but of course it's like a no dot, dot, dot. And you know, her inner monologues, like she yeah. can't, she's very conflicted, but out loud, she's saying no. He like basically throws her, one of her legs over his shoulder, goes down on her. Mm-hmm. And as she's climaxing, Maggie walks in. Okay. Well, yeah, she yeah she kind of like catches and then like she goes oh and runs away and they kind of literally watching and, and actually <laughs> Ava's like yeah you she, fucking see us fucking yeah yeah you see that he's in love with me and fucking yeah. me in this library the garden yeah. party um, and but then like he moves on to some anal play <laughs> and that that is when only then only then they develop a safe word oh yeah and what is the safe word crossfire. The name of his company. <laughs> he doesn't hate it. He doesn't hate he's it. Like it, it turns him on. He's like he knows that she has. And like, okay, I will say he's kind of like. Well, now that I know you have a trauma history, let's set up a, a safe word. Which yes. good for you. Yeah. Um. And but it's, and then he kind of like tries to put a finger in her butt, and he's like, we need to have a safe word. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I was like, of all the things you need a safe word, but then for okay, that is when. They're about to climax because he's kind of got his, he's got his humongous manhood inside of her. humongous cock. Is inside of her. Buried inside her vagina. And And his his fingers up inside her her from behind uh, under her little short skirt when Christopher walks in. His brother. To have a conversation. And (laughs) he like doesn't stop. He's kind of like shifting a little bit and like he's like, What do you want? And she's like, She's like literally about to owe. And he, yeah. And so, like, Chris is a little bit concerned because she seems in distress. (laughs) Kind of like maybe she's having some sort of leg cramp. Um, And (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, uh, She fucking orgasms and he orgasms inside Inside of her her. with the brother standing there. Right there. But they're like subtly orgasming. Subtly. (laughs) And like, the brother's like, Okay, I'm gonna go. Gonna go. Gonna do some stuff. See ya. And like, yeah. and then of course, like, and she, he's always like dripping down her leg. Like he's oh. just, he's so much I mean, cum. Where like, else are you gonna put that cum? But too much all cum. down her leg. Well, it just 
cops comes out. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, this is probably one of the dirtiest ones. It was an erotica, okay? It's an, it's erotica. an erotica. You know what you got into. Yeah. I always gesture to the computer like it's a live audience yes. or something. They can see you right now <laughs> <laughs> as you point at them accusingly. You knew. You know you what you're getting know. into. <laughs> um, so they're back together and um, things are like better than ever, right? Is this when he takes her back to his house? Yes, and he has like a, um, he has a whole uh, wardrobe he bought for her and toiletries and drawers and a room. It's just, just a normal room though, right? No. Oh. We, the room is an exact oh. replica of her room. Oh. That way, because he's, he's figured it out. Yeah. He's like, whenever you get mad at me, you run. And you need to feel this, you don't give me a chance and you run, you get scared, baby. So I made you a little room to run to. You can run to this room and be safe. And it's your little bedroom. Exact replica. Because apparently, one of the nights when he'd gone over to her place, she like kind of went to sleep before he got there, but gave her her keys to him so that he could get in. And um, he came in and took some pictures he of did, her and then they had sex while and she then, was sleeping was that the night or no 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 okay sorry guys keep waiting uh, keep waiting for that um no he took some pictures of her while she was sleeping um and then he did mount some of these pictures of her sleeping in his uh house as well um and then <laughs> used them as reference pictures for recreating her room <laughs> like ah! in the four days they were broken up ah four days Four days to create an exact replica of her room from secret pictures that he took. Like, he must have had some Ikea speed dial action. But the point is, yeah. So, so of course, she's like, what the fuck? And then they have sex. Yes. But um, it's, uh, there's a lot of sex. And, so uh, much. And then, is this the time when they go to the next kind of party? No. Wait. Which party? They go to a second party where they meet Corinne. Oh, yeah. Corinne. There's another party. So basically, they're back together. And like, yay. They're We're in a relationship. We're doing it. This is fine. And they decide to go to couples counseling, too. Yes. Okay. Right. So there's like, I will say, like, Ava at times has a lot of awareness. Like, this is a modern female heroine who's like, I know I have issues and I go to a therapist. Mm-hmm. And when I see us having issues, I feel like we should go to a therapist together. And like, she'll even like kind of make notes of like, I know that I'm making the not right, like running away isn't what I should do, but then she does it every time. Mm-hmm. It's so It's real though. That is real. Like oftentimes yeah. we have these parts of ourselves where we're like, so like me. Yeah. And, and during their four-day breakup, he does go and talk to the same therapist that yes. she sees, and he becomes one of the therapist clients, which does not happen, is not okay. He would say, no, let me give you a number to one of my colleagues. A, a referral, so you could have an unbiased source, because I've been seeing this family for like several years, and I know all of their history, but let me go ahead and try to have... An un, you know an unbiased ethic you know view of you no that's not how it works he should have referred him out but he didn't because this is a book continue <laughs> <laughs> and now they can have couples therapy together and he has individual with the same therapist yes basically this therapist is seeing her mother her mother and her yep. her her as a couple and him yeah it's just not that's a lot on. This the one load that's a like, caseload is in half so he, maybe I mean maybe he has just owned. Now by Gideon, like the yeah, way that maybe Gideon he owns the New York, he now owns this therapist. <laughs> so 
anyway, they're going to go to therapy. Um, and I think at one point he even goes to a therapy session, but I think it's a little bit later. But the point is, like, they do, like, therapy is a part of this book. If there was yes. no therapy in, in part of this book, I would be like, I can't handle this book. But yeah, it's, they do. They cover their bases there. So, um, and then they go to, like, the second party. I forgot what it was. It was, like, a soiree of sorts. And- yeah, and there's this new girl there who, like, comes on the scene and it's sh- – there's just like something about her energy, like Magdalene kind of Maggie becomes friends with her Ava over this, where she's just like, "Oh, she's back." I'm sorry, Ava. Maggie's cut her hair. <coughs> sorry, oh. excuse me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That other things happen. Oh, <laughs> Maggie's cut her hair because she's she oh, was being right. used by Christopher. Basically, Carrie time, got a random video of Christopher fucking Maggie in the hedge maze because that's where party. everyone goes to fuck. At the garden party. Except for our main people, they go to the library. Um, and it turns out that Maggie, who's just trying to get Gideon, has yes. been using Christopher, the brother, as a confidant, and he is also fucking Maggie. He's, like, Christopher is taking advantage. Like, honestly, Christopher's behavior and Gideon's response towards him makes me wonder if the sexual history that he has has to do with Christopher in some way. Yeah. I mean, mean, that's what it feels like right now. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It might be, but, um, we don't know yet. You know, those redheads, you can't trust them. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) gingers. I I love love them. Yeah. I I wanted to be one for many years. (laughs) (laughs) So you're being sarcastic. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Sarcasm alert. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's it, that's that's why he was trying to get close to Ava. Ava. Sorry. <laughs> it's because I've basically he's messed up. He is competitive with Gideon, and he wants to be the winner in all things. Yeah, Ava and Gideon are not going to be happy for long. <laughs> You know that Ava and Giddy Up. AV and Giddy Up. <laughs> so they are basically like, um, we should tell Maggie about this. <clears throat> and he gets her a oh god, there's so much that happens. Anyway, he gets her a ring and it's like, let me Oh God. He tells her oh, that the she's, bondage ring. Yeah, he basically okay, God, okay, we're all over the place here. Pause. Just before we get to the party, bef- I think before like after I don't know, I think it's before he's like, "Hey, by the way, Ava, yeah. you're submissive, and you How like it. Dare you? You will never take my independence from me. I will never not have the ability to say no. How dare you? Ah! That but was the like, response. Ev- he, and then he's like, "Okay, but like every time we've had sex, I've dominated the shit out of you, and you've liked it, honey." You've liked it. And she's like, no, I didn't. Or I don't know. Anyway, the point is, like, she can't get over that he wants her to be a submissive. And, like, he's kind of just calling it like it is. To me, this was very confusing. Because I was like, oh, you didn't. Oh, this wasn't. She you didn't. She wasn't what, aware that she was You weren't aware that he was dominating you the whole yeah. time? Ooh. He's, like, pretty much, like, as he's fucking her every time, he's like, mine, 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 mine. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they've even done some play with it where he's like, you hold on to that handle and don't let go yeah he was like you your hold on to that pillow and don't let go until i tell you, you can yeah let go. he's like dominating the shit out of her he's pretty much like your body was made to pleasure me you're like my little fuck doll like i mm-hmm. mean 
okay. So she, when she's surprised, I'm like, girl. Anyway, but <laughs> lack of self-awareness. <laughs> I mean, it's it just it's a fundamental misunderstanding of what it means to be a dominant and submissive and just mm-hmm. how much in actuality a submissive should have a lot of power in a relationship yeah. because the submissive is essentially saying, here's what I want and I can take and I can't take. And the dominant's job is to be like, yes, respectful. Of I these will do boundaries. that for you. And I, and until you tell me otherwise, I will push you to these goals you've told me you wanted in a safe, mm-hmm. in a safe way. And that can be very beautiful for someone who's experienced trauma to kind of experience a lack of control in a, in an environment where they actually where they're cared have, for they're cared for and they actually do have the control yes so i mean and that's sort of like bdsm 101 is consent and like yep. ethics so um oh it's turned off anyway the point is that uh basically she doesn't like that and then she wears the ring and he's like you like that and she's like i do After she had a big, big throwdown, how dare you, you're the worst hateful thing said towards you. Then she's like, I do like the ring. I am. I kind of do like it. Bondage me. And so then the next day she goes to get a ring for him and he has lunch with Maggie and is like, hey, by the way, my brother's fucking you and there's a video of it. Mm -hmm, You shouldn't do that anymore. It's not cute. And um, (laughs) Maggie's like, "Ah." and uh, then they go to this party. Now we're back up to speed. (laughs) So, yeah. Maggie cuts off her hair in sadness uh, over that whole situation. Because Corinne, Corinne's back in town. Corinne's the woman that, he, you know, she shows up at this party they're at. And well, she cut off her hair because of the sadness over Chris, though. Like, of that coming out <sighs> to Gideon and her realizing she'd been used. She was just like... Ah. I was under the impression that she grew her hair out because it looked like, like Cor- could look like Corinne. Oh, okay. But now that Corinne's in town, she's like, why bother? It doesn't oh. matter. Corinne's back. And she's going to take your man. And yeah. like Ava's like looking at her ring. She's looking at all the professions of love. She's looking and she's at- like, he doesn't love you're me. Right, he doesn't. And, sh- and then Maggie's like, oh, by the way, they were engaged for a year. Yeah. Which, okay. Number one, that is really fucked up. He didn't tell her that. Yeah, um, that is Oh, but it's really fucked up that he didn't tell her. At the same time, you guys, it's been 2 weeks. Yes. It's been 2 weeks. Like they haven't spent any you time actually getting months. to know each you other. Think this has been 6 months. It's two not. 2 weeks. And we have got it in an hour and 30. So we're doing really good actually. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it's bad. So she is pissed the fuck off mm-hmm. and she's like Corinne comes back over and she's like Corinne seems honestly I don't know, unhinged a little bit, but also she's just like, thanks for taking care of him. Yeah. <laughs> really unweird, like totally weird stuff. Yeah, it's it's strange and it's uncomfortable. And then we see Ava this time being like, I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to run away. I'm so she's like sticking him. around, sticking around, sticking around. And then she's like texting him. I'm leaving. And she's like, it's not running away because I texted him. Yeah. And then like he finds her and that's when he says the infamous line. He kind of looks at her and she's like freaking out like, and he's like, you need to get fucked. Now, okay. Again, out of context, Uh having a little pissy fit. Having like yeah, a pouty, some bratty kind of brattiness, fun, like bratty fun play, and your dominant is like you just need to be fucked. It's like ooh yes, honestly, yeah. No, I knew I hired you for a reason. Fun, yes, but no. um, in this situation, 
It's just, no. No, she doesn't. No. And no, you don't need to do that. But of course, he he drags her out to the car and what does he do? Fucks her? Oh, he fucks her. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he tells the driver to keep driving until he says so and he just fucks her. Yeah. And, I mean, and like, I get it. Like, this is a fantasy and this is the kind of stuff that can turn people on. But it's like, I just, it's hard for me to take off the real world hat and be like yeah what yeah so, like that the it's like they're trying to fix their trauma through fucking fuck the pain away yeah fuck the pain away and so you know they're they're post-coital bliss and she's like you're right <laughs> i did just need to <laughs> be thanks um and then they go back inside and i'm like okay the books okay the, and this is another thing that started happening for me i'm like it's 91 percent and there doesn't seem to be much of a resolution. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, and then um, I'm like, okay, so this has to be the big wrap up, right? They they come together and he's like, we're going to make it work. But no, they're like holding hands at dinner and won't let go of their hands. It's like mm-hmm. codependency in action. Yep. Yep. And what does he do? What? After that, after what? they fuck in the limo to fix her. Tell me. He just spends the entire dinner talking to Corinne. Oh, that makes sense. And he's holding her hand the whole time, but like he's turned kind of away from her and talking to the woman he was engaged to. Yeah. For a year and that was it wasn't a good look. It was not good. But then guess what she does? What does she do? She decides to talk to a guy. Like oh. he sits down next to her and he's like, of course, seeing how beautiful she is, he's kind of he's not flirting with her, but he's definitely kind of like captivating her. Yeah. And then um he was like, Do you want to go? And she's like she sees that Gideon's still talking to Corinne, and she's like, yes, I, I do want to go. And it's like, I thought you were fine. I thought the fuck fixed you. Apparently it didn't. It's almost like I'm that's not really a good idea at confused. all. confused. Why did yeah, that fix her? I thought her? that was going to fix her. Um, and he, she's like, and then Gideon turns around, he sees who it is, and he's like, leave. Like, leave to him. Like, leave her alone. Don't talk to us. Yeah. And he's getting defensive, and he's holding on to, like, her hand. And that's when she uses the safe word. She goes, crossfire. Like, let yeah. me go. And he's like, I think he does. Like, I think yeah. she leaves. And, of course, she runs home. She's weeping. She's crying. And it's 95% of the book is done. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, though. What's going to happen here, girl? Like, well, I think what we could really use right here okay. is a good or Jay. Yes, yes, uh, yes, uh, yes. Uh, so yeah, she goes yeah. home. Uh-huh. She's uh-huh. just like, uh-huh. fucked and like fucked over. Mm. And she walks in the door and guess what Carrie's doing in the living room? He's having an orgy. And it's like, it's like he's fucking someone. He's getting fucked from behind. And someone else is down fuck, on someone while being fucked. By, I imagine yeah. there's music blaring. Yes. She just screams, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> at this point i've got my popcorn i'm like i wish this was five percent into the book <laughs> i'm like oh shit this is getting good um and, and carrie's like you're not my mom and he goes you're not my mom and he runs away uh, <laughs> and she's like ah, she's crying get the fuck out and then some dude tries to come onto her from the orgy because, of course, like she's well, just—I mean, she's a so irresistible. Sex kitten. So of course, any man within five foot radius is like, "Do you want to fuck me?" And then he gets punched in the face by Gideon, who is there. He showed up. Of course, he did. Yes, he he's did. Protect her. Yeah. And then he picks her up, and they're like crying. <laughs> and they go to the shower, and she's like got mascara off. I mean, this is like, this is a mess like i'm it's at 97 yeah uh, <laughs> i'm done and i'm just like 
Where's this going? What's going to happen? Yeah. So they cry and he basically they I forgot what the resolution is, but it's like, well, and I think there was another scene that we forgot from somewhere. One of his night terrors. No, no, no. Isn't that what happens that isn't that what happens that night? Okay, maybe. I, yes. I don't know. I, I do don't know. quote us, but like, okay. basically, I'm so fairly one sure. One of the times when he's back at her place, so it is very possibly post-orgy, um, or right before the orgy, in the middle of the night. <sighs> trigger warning. Uh, yes, very much trigger warning. There's lots of stuff here. That, but basically, she starts having this terrible dream that she is once again being assaulted by her stepbrother mm-hmm. sexually. Mm-hmm. Um but wakes up and finds she's not dreaming that it is Gideon on top of her in his sleep, like trying to Have rape her. her. Yeah, he's yeah. Like it's not even like good sex. It's like he's, he is trying to rape he's, her. Basically, he's angry. He's angry in his sleep, and he's saying things like, "Like, do you not? So, how do you like to be? How fucked do you now? like it? Not so neat some. when you're getting fucked." Yeah. I mean, it's like from a a bird's eye view. This is. This is heartbreaking, but it's also terrifying. And it's like, what? So he essentially assaults Ava. He assaults her. Like Carrie comes in to rescue her. She's weeping. It's like a a really great instance of why a therapist would need more information about the two traumas that the people had suffered. I almost want to say... It wasn't that night. It was the night he took the pictures of her and came to her house and slept at their house that night. Yeah. It yeah. was a little bit earlier on, I want to say. But the point is, it does happen. Um, and they've got a lot of fucking problems. And of course, I will say, this scene is not handled lightly at all. Like, no. he is devastated she, once he gets he a couple it. slaps across the face to wake him up. Because Carrie yeah. is about to kick his ass and call the police. And that's when Ava, of course, realizes he's he's sleeping. Look yeah. at him. He's still asleep. And he is. He's kind of, like, dazed. Um, but he's racked with very appropriate guilt because mm-hmm. of what he has done. Um, and it's... It's really and even when that heavy. happens, he still doesn't open up to her about things, which I find really frustrating. It's like you just <sighs> did something terrifying that you obviously feel guilty about, but you still don't have it in you to have that vulnerableness to be like, like this is what happened to me, right? And this is why this is happening, and I'm really trying to work on it because I feel like for him, he isn't trying to work on it. He's trying to push it down and just pretend He's it didn't happen. He's apparently getting meds for it. He's trying to just, you know, get better through owning New York, through being the best businessman. It's a lot to unpack. Um, and so she does, it's not an easy forgive, but she does kind of, you know, they, she yeah. like, she's, as things are wrapping up, she's feeling hopeful. They do another of their, you know, sex to make things better. And they're like, oh, we made it through, didn't we? Yeah. They feel like kind of hopeful and good about where they are. (laughs) Is that where the book ends? Somewhere about there. Does anything else happen, really? Angus was waiting for us when we got downstairs. I was about to climb in the back of the limo when Gideon cursed under his breath. What? I forgot something. I forgot my keys. I reached for the overnight bag Gideon was holding, which had my purse. No need. I have a set. (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm sorry did i not tell you that i made a set of your keys it's okay because i gave you one of my keys so it's not a boundary violation you know when you got back your keys and you thought that i'd broken up with you if you'd looked closely enough you would have seen that i gave you 
a key to my house at that time. So right. Um, Be also, thankful. the reason he was able to show Maggie the video of her getting fucked over by the brother was because he took her phone oh, without, yeah. her, without her um, permission and download the videos to which she is kind of like, what the fuck, Gideon? Like, that, you can't do that. Well, and it was weird to me that that's where she's started, like, laying down the law and being, the like, other inappropriate. Things, not the other things, like, showing up at her house or, like, Making when she tries to go her room. or when she tries to go to lunch with her boss and he, like, follows her. Yeah. All those weird things were not She's, super red flags. Like, I feel like I have to work on boundaries as a person often. I feel like she needs to work on boundaries at a whole nother level. Whole next level. Yeah. So there's a lot of red flags. So the end of the book, you know, they're going out together and he says, no need. I have a set. He shot me an, an unapologetic grin when my brows rose. I had cop made before I gave them back to you. Seriously? She said, if you'd paid attention, he kissed the top of my head. You might've noticed that you had a key to my place on your key ring since I returned it. That's how he uh, kind of plays it off. Like, sweetie, we're equal this because is I decided okay. this for you. And honestly, he wouldn't have even had to copy her keys because he owns the building she lives in. So yeah, um, like, in the beginning, one of the thing, ways he learned things about her and her roommate was that he, like, looked up her lease that she signed. Yeah. Like, so basically, she then responds that with, I gaped after him as he darted past the doorman and back into the building. I remember the torment of those four days when I thought we'd broken up and <gasps> oh, the excruciating no. pain I'd felt when those keys slid out of the envelope and into my palm. I'd had the key to being with him. All along. All along. Oh, my goodness. Um, and they were her keys. It's yeah. not like she had given yeah. him a copy of her keys. They were her keys. So during those times before he got those back to her, she did not have keys to her apartment. Yeah. The, the book basically ends with them getting back in his limo to go back to his house. And she's like, I can't believe we got through this. We had a rough night. And he's like, yeah, we did. And then she says... Um, I can't wait to get you back in bed. He gave a sexy little growl and attacked my neck with tickling nips and kisses, banishing our ghosts and their shadows, at least for a little while. Oh, thank so. goodness. He has kisses that pure, that cure trauma. Thank goodness. I, I feel like, yeah, that's how it ends. And I, okay. But I will say that how, that's how it ends. I don't feel like we need to even like you, We've presented our case um, yes. that there's a lot going on here. I don't. Sylvia Day asks some questions at the end of the book, which I thought was responsible of her. Oh, yeah. The the guide for discussion. Should we read them? Yeah. I mean, we're already here, right? You guys are here. Yeah. You made it this far. You made it this far. You're here for this. I was I did not see these. I didn't like look at the end of the book before I read it. So when uh -huh. I got to this point, I was relieved because I was like. I was wondering in my mind if this was an intentional choice to make them this traumatized. So mm -hmm. Sylvia Day's questions are, you know, um, she asks a question about Eva's move. Ava's move to California to New York brings her closer to her mother. While the move was a good one for both her and Carrie's careers, it could have been avoided. Why do you think she chose to start her new life in New York? Which is, yeah, interesting. I mean, it was an interesting thought because... We, we're definitely like presented with the fact that she, she has back. a better relationship with her father than mm -hmm. the mother. And she did spend most of her time mm -hmm. growing up with her mother. Yes. and But that's a fraught relationship. And honestly, like, 
she was in San Diego. She could have just hopped up to L.A. So, yeah, she could have been an ad person anywhere. And Carrie could have been a model in L.A. It would have been fine. They didn't need to go to New York. Right. They weren't moving to, like, the middle of Texas or something. Anyway, but they went to New York. Yes. Um, She asks about Carrie being dependent materially and financially on Ava. Mm -mm. And then number three, initially it's the physical attraction that draws Gideon to Ava. But by the time he lures her Mm -hmm. to his nightclub, there's something deeper involved. What is it about Ava that causes Gideon to pursue her so relentlessly? Honestly, I think a big part of it is that she was playing hard to get. Mm-hmm. Like she wasn't an instant yes. So him being a little bit of a fuck boy, mm. he was like, must has. Kind of like almost like, yeah, he's used to the yes and kind of like pursuing why with the nose. He's kind of like, well, why? Um, yeah. This guy is mm-hmm. a billionaire. He gets everything given to him. He owns half the city. Right. So it's, that's like, I mean, it's one of those huge tropes that you see. It's like what he can't have is what he wants. Yeah. And I wonder if there's like this idea, it's like, could he sense some sort of kindred spirit in her or do you not think that? Like, I don't think you can sense that from the amount of interaction we had. Like the elevator ride. (laughs) Yeah. No, like you can have the attraction. Yes. It's the very much attraction, but the amount of talking that they did There wasn't anything more at that point. I think that's one of the things that was so frustrating for me is that they were like so full on in, Mm. all into it, but they didn't develop anything. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my goodness. There was a part where like, there was even a point in the throes of making love where I know that Gideon said, I love you first. And I, cause I made note of it. And I was like, oh, he said, I love you. Like, it was enough that it kind of took me out of the moment to be like, wow, okay. And then like a chapter later, she was talking about like how she wanted to say I love you, but she couldn't because wow. because what if he didn't say it? And I'm, I was like, but he did say it. I, I think one of the things that really frustrated me about Ava is that she doesn't listen. Mm. She Once she gets into that – um. Once she's highly activated and maybe that, you know, um, the the vagus nerve yes. is activated. <laughs> yes, go which full on mental health talk happens here. often. Happens often. She is in a fight or flight and she is not open to critical thinking because, you know, her amygdala has kicked in, sent out those yeah. threats and she's not critically thinking. And things that she like knew suddenly flies out the window. She mm. has none of that common sense. And then I guess as Gideon says, she just needs to be fucked in those situations so she can bring that back down and get back to things and say, yeah, you were right. Yeah, the the dick, the true grounding. Yep. Um, Number four questions. Gideon has a difficult time accepting any privacy. Privacy. Barriers. Barriers between him and Ava. Do you think Ava is too soft or too tough on the issue how would you respond this is again (laughs) like you know him going into her phone to take the video i really making the copy of the keys yeah 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 no i think um i don't think that she puts up enough of a like she instantly caves on those (laughs) insta cave insta cave Uh, he she'll bring it up and then he'll be like but baby and she's like okay and she's like that's so you. Um, yeah, that's such a relationship. I, do, I think she's too soft, and I would never respond that way. Maybe I'm a shrew, but I, <laughs> I would have like, like if he wanted the video from her. All he had to say is, 
can you send the I'm video I'm never going to gonna have a romance novel life because if my boss approached me in the hallway and was like, hey, I, I need to fuck you, I'd be like, no, um, talk to you later. And then I would probably go to HR. But again, <laughs> this is a romance novel. But anyway, the point is, but still, like, it's like, yeah, yeah. she's way too soft on that. She's way too soft. And then number five. Ava values transparency in her relationships, but she allows Gideon to keep his secrets. Why do you think that is? Because she has no boundaries. Well, I believe that she is very codependent. Yes. She's extremely codependent and she uh, values Gideon's love for her to the point where I think she may value his overall uh, opinion of her more than her own opinion of herself. Mm -hmm. And that's... Trauma, trauma. Trauma. Um, number six, Gideon's life revolves around his work. Yeah, right. More like <laughs> I think it revolves I around d- her vagina. Exactly. And his philanthropic commitments uh-huh. to her vagina. Anyway, <laughs> Ava's social life is more personal. How do you, these differences affect them as a couple? I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't really get Gideon's commitment to Phil. I mean, I know he did the gala and stuff, but. I mean, he talked at that gala. Like, Mm. deep commitment. I think that is representative of, like, the deepness of this relationship. (laughs) If that's considered deep philanthropic work, then, yes, this is a super deep relationship. Well, and also, I guess, like, he's sort of, like, his idea of going out is probably a business dinner with, like, clients. And her idea of going out is hitting the clubs. So I don't don't know. There are two different types of citizens there. Um, Number seven, finally, Gideon and Ava have a very sexual relationship what they do (laughs) considering their pasts why do you think sex is such an important way for them to communicate Mm. that is a question because that is indeed exactly how they communicate they find they live they they seem to feel very liberated very connected very validated in how they show physical affection for each other it's yep I don't think it would be the same if he got her some flowers. Mm-hmm. Or even when they talk. I feel like when language, they talk, it just drives them apart. No, and yeah, then they're like, language oh, is fucking. It's physical touch. It's not yeah. words or anything. And they probably could use a different type of love language mm-hmm. for a more effective and trusting relationship, but they don't. Um, uh, yeah. I, I mean, there's four more books. Maybe. I do. Because this is hope a fiction Maybe they will resolve these traumas in the ways that they are behaving. Right. I mean, if you are in real life going through these traumas, please don't solve it this yes, way. Yes, please do not. Don't go go to therapy. Don't allow someone to go through your phone. Don't allow someone to to call you twenty one times. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't unless like you are like being attacked and they you know, hear you and then you hang up and they call you, then they can call you 21 times. Like that's for example. But like when you like say, I'm mad at you, I don't want to talk to you or I'm leaving or you just leave and someone calls you 21 times, that's like, or if you are never, the vice versa, if you are never allowed to have any slights or flaws and every Mm -hmm. time you do that, your, your lover just decides, fuck you and fuck you forever. Also red flag. Ava has her own red flags. They both do. Yes. And Trauma bonding is very real. Google it. So um, I don't know. Yeah. In conclusion, for me, I just hope that they, I hope that they can work it out. I hope that they <laughs> can see different therapists. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, but still, uh, out of context, very, very sexy book. Yeah. And there are some good sexy fun moments, ridiculousness in the way I love it. Strange ridiculousness, people too privileged in a way that <laughs> I will never understand. <laughs> Unless, you know, this podcast just blows up, in which case we will be receiving free <laughs> dresses and limo rides. And I'll take a pantsuit. But yes, I want. All the, you know, actually, I don't even know. If I, I mean, yeah, I'll take, I would a, I'll like take a, a limo ride. You know what I want is I want a spa day. I was living for the yes. spa day. And maybe it's because, like, we can't go to a spa right now I at all. so. I miss my but Korean spa. I miss me too. Oh, I want to go lie in those little, like, clay balls. Mm, I love them. <sighs> a moment of silence for normal life. All right. Well, listen, <laughs> um, stay safe. I think that's all we've got on This Is Bared to You by Sylvia Day. That's all we got. Yeah. It's super fun. Uh, we have a very different type of book oh, coming God. up for you next I time. I, I just, I've been reading it. It's jarring. Yeah. We are going to go back in time, back further than, than the we Regency. have been yet. Yeah, further like, than the Regency era. This is no Bridgerton era mm-mm. thing. We're going back. You want to tell them what it is? The Flame. And the flower. <gasps> yes, Catherine Woodwiss. The original mm-hmm. bodice ripper. We're finally doing it. Yes. We're going to check it out. I hope you come check it out with us. I hope that you are being safe, that you are having yeah. good, wonderful days. Yeah. Having fun, spicy life. <laughs> fun, sexy, safe, spicy, spicy life. non-trauma bonding sex. <laughs> That's what I hope for you. <laughs> Take good care and follow us and talk to us and um, yeah, yeah. Suggest books to us, read with us, and thank you for listening to a, a real bodice ripper. Fuck the pain away. Fuck, Fuck the pain away. <laughs> thank you for listening to a real bodice ripper. Intro, outro, trailer music is Air by D. Yan Ki. You can find us and talk to us at the following. Instagram at A Real Bodice Ripper. Twitter at A-R-B-R Podcast. Or email us at arealbodiceripper at gmail.com. Take a care. And many felicitations upon your household. Bye.